Look with me in Judges chapter 18 for just a few moments. Judges chapter 18, I'll read verse 7. So the five men departed and went to Laish. And they saw people who were there. Notice how they dwelt safely in the manner of the Sidons, quiet and secure. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. Listen to this. They were far from the Zidonians and they had no ties with anyone. I want to also focus on the ending of the story because in verse 28, it said there was no one to deliver them because, listen to that, they were so far from Sidon and they had no ties, it keeps saying that, with anyone. In other words, they completely isolated themselves and it led to their own destruction. The whole city was destroyed and they re rebuilt a new city, the conqueror did, over everything that they had done. I want to talk to you about this for just a few moments about don't get out there so far. You have to keep the distance short and you'll understand this title. Um, if I had another title, it would be three steps to victory. If you'll reverse what I'm going to show you, the pattern was that they took. The people of Laish, Lamish, the Bible said they felt they were safe and secure because the scripture said they chose the Zidonians as their pattern to build their lives after. They chose the Zidonians as the influence that would impact them the most. How they thought the direction of their life was not coming from godly people, was not coming from scripturally based lives, but these people got away from the other tribes of Israel. They got out and the text said that they chose the Zidonians as the major influence in their life. I want to stop before I go any further and I want to say, be very careful who you allow to influence you. Be very careful who you allow to formulate your thinking. Who you pattern your life after is critically important. And what happened to these people is they did not pattern their life after people who pray, after people who honor God, after people who honor marriage, after people who honor their family, their fathers and their mothers. They did not pattern their life after them. They patterned them, their life. The major influences in their life were not good, wholesome, godly people and relationships, even family. It was the Zidonians. And I just wrote this down the other week when I was writing down these, some of these thoughts is I wrote in big letters on my outline, elders, people who know how to pray, people who know how to worship, people who know how to be faithful to their wife, people who know how to be faithful to their husband, people who know how to be faithful to God and to his house. You need those kinds of people in your life. You need to visit some elders. You need to visit some people who've lived more years than you've lived. 
They are not crazy. They know more about young life than you know about old life. And they know things that you think you know, but you can't build your life on what you think you know, but they have gone through those seasons. And when you get around elders, there is something powerful. You ought to ask them questions like, how did you survive? How did you do it? How did you, how did you, uh, you know, get through to temptation? How did you deal with marriage? How did you stay married? You need people stable and strong in your life. If you start putting as a pattern Zidonians, in other words, people who are godless, and you allow them to be the major influence on your life, you will not end up well. The first thing you notice is they pattern themselves after the Zidonians. They begin to become extremely careless about the way and the God that they had, they had been taught to honor and serve. Second Peter says, be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Be vigilant against your adversary. Be vigilant because he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your walk with God. Be vigilant with social media. Be vigilant with not allowing yourself to become careless and begin to be more influenced by the culture that we're living in and people who do not honor or believe God and believe in God. When you begin to pattern your life after those people, it's dangerous. You can't be too careful with your relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't be too careful with guarding yourself. The Bible put it like this, guard your heart with all diligence. That doesn't sound like some kind of loose thing that, that you think about every once in a while, a flash passing thought. Guard your heart with all diligence. Be careful. We do not pattern our life after Hollywood. We do not pattern our life after people who feel like God and the Bible don't even matter anymore. You do not do that. That's why social media, they, they have what they call influencers, and they're not lying. They're there to influence you in style and in dress and in conduct and in every way. And when, when, when rappers are a bigger influence than parents, when, 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 when the, you know, people who are good and wholesome and godly, if you don't watch it, folks, that influence will begin to change the direction of your life. Don't allow anybody to take you further and further away from God. Be careful how you pattern your life after wicked people, godless people, immoral people. As a matter of fact, the Bible said in Nehemiah chapter 7, that when Nehemiah built the walls up around Jerusalem, because he built the walls, because he knew they needed the walls to protect the holy city, Jerusalem. And the reason that he raised the walls up was to protect their families from harm and from danger. And he said this amazing statement in the third verse of Nehemiah 7. He said, let not the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun be hot. <laughs> Until the sun is hot, don't open that gate. And what that is in reference to 
is he said, I want to set guards and I want you to watch because everything that's trying to come in to get to our families, to have contact with our families, to mingle with our families, we don't just need to let anybody in. We don't know if it's good or bad. We don't know if it's healthy or unhealthy. We don't know if it's truth or if it's deception. And so wait, listen to the, listen to the incredible life principle. Wait until the sun gets hot before you decide. What that is in reference to is he understood that in the early hours of the morning, the fog was still there. You couldn't really see clearly. It could be an assassin. It could be somebody wanting to do something terrible and dangerous to the whole community. And they said, don't just open up the gate and just cause something is wanting to come in and it looks okay, but it's foggy and you're not sure. He said, don't live life like that. What a word for parents. Don't just let any and everything into your home, into your family, but wait until the sun is hot. Wait until the fog lifts. Wait until you can see the, the pupils in their eyes. Wait until you can see clearly, this is okay. This is all right. And if you're not sure, we need to have some walls up. We need to have some protection up. We need to understand that we don't just allow anything to come into our lives and into our families to influence and to pattern our lives by. He understood that in the fog, you can't really determine what's a friend or what's an enemy. Wait for the fog to burn off. Don't just go on there. Wait until the sun gets hot before you get on Facebook and start talking about stuff you don't even know. We went through some crazy stuff where people were in the streets and tearing towns and cities and rioting and busting and everybody. I felt such pressure. I got emails. You ought to say this. You ought to say that. I'm going to wait till the sun gets hot. I'm going to wait until I know what the facts are. I'm going to wait until I know how whatever is trying to get in lines up with this book. I'm going to wait until the sun gets hot. We're going to shut the gates and we're going to protect our families just because culture is saying it's all right, just because it's making a lot of noise. You better not let everything into your home and into your family that those Zidonians are coming up with out there. We have to be God's people and we are that holy city and it has to be protected from things that want to destroy. Every time there's a popular movement or a popular statement, it's almost like it's expected the church just to fall in line and get in order and just submit to, to, to the political correctness of the hour. Well, I'm not that pastor, and I don't believe you are that people. We're going to go by the Word of God. Let's wait until the sun gets hot. Let's see. Look at some of the things that people open their lives to, and now when the sun gets hot, it's a disaster. It's a deception. I'm saying to you today that it's dangerous. It's dangerous when I think about it, when I think about some of the stuff that's coming against the, the family and the home and even the church, how that bills are being passed and laws are being passed. I'm going to stick with the word of God. I don't care what the Zidonians say. Marriage is still between a man and a woman according to God's word. I'm not ugly. I want everybody to feel love, but I'm going to say that this genderism insanity of having men and women in the same locker room and young people and, and even surgeries now, surgeries now on children who think they 
are, are gay and think that they are trans. And, and even this week, uh, a young lady, an outspoken 18-year-old, raising awareness about the dangers of gender transis, transition on children is suing the doctor who performed the transgender procedures on her. The procedures included irreversible double mastectomy that surgically removed both of her breasts. She said, quote, these butchers have gone unquestioned and unchallenged too long. Listen, folks, when you're telling an eight-year-old that it's okay to have chemical castration, oh, I'm going to preach it. Let's wait until the sun gets hot on these lies that boys dressing up like girls and girls being told it's all right. You can choose if you're... If you don't want to be male or female, you can be both. That's a lie from a demon spirit. It's a lie from a demon spirit. And it's destroying children. Wait until the sun gets hot on that. Pull back and wait on the Lord. We get so hurried. We get so caught up in society and everybody's doing it and Hollywood's saying it and every movie's proclaiming it and you just need to adjust. And no, we don't need to adjust. We need to love everybody and we need to stand on the truth of God's word and say, I'm going to wait until the sun gets hot because if I build my life on this book, whatever comes, I'll be standing. But if I build it on sand, your life will cry. Crumble. I need, to, I need to work on my tone. Your life will crumble. All oh, the wokeism that is coming to the church that we're ashamed to say, I am for life. I am for babies. My God, we had a state in the last election we had one of the states say, if a baby is born, accidentally survives the abortion attempt, you are to make it comfortable. 52% of the citizens of that state said, put it in a pan, make it comfortable, walk out and let it die. I don't care what culture says. This book says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. That little heartbeat that you just saw a moment ago. Oh, God, help us. Help us to wait until the sun is hot before we make the call on things that are of such weightiness and importance. It may look good, it may feel good, it may be popular, but we are, we are in the last days where the very elect are being absolutely deceived. Philippians 1 said, let your, let your walk, another translation mine says, let your vote be worthy of the gospel. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel. I don't know how people vote for some things and some people. They're all flawed. They're all messed up. All the candidates are going to have issues. So you got to look at what is clear, though. I don't know about this, that, and the other, but is the sun hot enough on what they're going to vote for that it lines up with God's word? If it doesn't, you need to check yourself. Because maybe culture is influencing you more than the scriptures.
maybe peer pressure. You young people, you're going to have to make decisions. You may not be as popular as everybody else. You may not get invited to the parties and you may have to suffer some. You may be rejected. But when you stand for this book, Jesus will stand for you and he'll open doors no man can shut for the man or the woman who will take a stand in an evil and wicked time. It's the truth. Clap your hands and say amen. I know, I know. I'll get emails, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Somebody said, why don't you make more statements about racism? I do have one that I make a lot. Whosoever will, let him come. That's our statement right here. And don't get me wrong. Racism is real and racism is demonic and racism is evil. And yes, it's in the church and it's in the nation. But also, I do believe that we are the answer. We are the ones that say, whosoever will, come. And don't just do one thing. We want it, we want it all the way. We want God's people to look like what heaven looks like of every kindred and every tongue and every nation, and just look around, we're doing a pretty good job, and we're not compromising the gospel. We'll be sensitive. There are things that happen that are terrible, and when they do, we'll speak up as boldly as I'm preaching now. But until then, we stand and we say the Bible is the truth that we stand together on, and nothing can change that. Clap your hands, and I'll move on. Oh, this is... Uh Notice the second thing. When culture begins to influence socialism, Marxism influencing more than the Word of God, the devaluing of church, don't even want it anymore. A new generation coming up that knows not God, judges said, nor his miracles in the nation. They patterned their life after the wicked. The second thing that happened that is astounding, the next part of that verse says, and there was no magistrate or no there was no rulers. Notice that. There were no rulers in the land. Notice this part. Who might put them to shame for anything. In other words, another word for ruler is authority. There were, there were no magistrates or rulers in the land that would put them to shame about anything. In other words, we don't want any rules. We don't, we don't want that in our generation. We don't want rules. Defund the police. We don't want any authority. We want to do whatever we want to do. If we want to go in and, and take things from the store, we'll take things from the store. If we want to burn down and tear down any and everything, this is what happens. You begin to pattern your life after wickedness, and then the next thing is no authority. I want no authority over me. I respect no authority. I don't respect my parents. I don't respect the police. I don't respect, and certainly there are bad apples. Certainly there are people who have done things, but I want you to know there are more good apples than bad apples, and if we don't have authority, we have mayhem, mayhem and and, and destruction in the streets. Crime goes crazy, and that's what's happening in America. He said, we do not want 
that anything would make us ashamed, make us feel bad, make us feel like, you know, that they have authority over us. Who's the church? What's the Bible? Who's God? I don't believe in God. I make up my own religion. No authority. No authority. I'm not mad. I'm a nice guy. And I'm not apologizing either. These people, these people got to a place where they said, they said, we're going to have, we don't want to hear anybody. We don't want to listen to anybody. We don't want to go to that church because they, they, they're going to tell us this is wrong and that is wrong. And we don't want anything to make us feel like we're going the wrong way. The hour that we're living in, the whole agenda behind defund the police, transgenderism, wokeism, socialism, atheist, atheism, it's all it is all a demonic antichrist spirit if you can't see it. And it is destroying. People are being murdered and killed like never before. God help us. And they do this with no shame. Just accept it. Just accept it. Just accept the whole thing and shut up about it. And I feel that spirit as a leader. I've never felt this before. I've never felt the pressure of, of, of preaching God's word that somehow that would offend people in the seats. And, and you know, the good thing about getting older is you, you just don't care anymore. But, but I, I feel for the young guys. I'm not here to criticize your generation. You listen to me. You're the greatest. This generation is the greatest generation the world has ever seen. But the enemy is trying his best to absolutely pattern you after the Zidonians and tell you you don't need authority. You don't need godly voices. You don't need good people. That's old stuff. That old fogey stuff about having sex after you get married. That's old fogey. You can sleep with your girlfriend. You can sleep with your boyfriend. You can have a boyfriend if you're a boyfriend, a girlfriend if you're a girlfriend. That's old stupid stuff. That's man-made. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. And this is the enemy. He's crept in. We didn't see it coming. He used the pandemic to get isolation, just like the scripture said, no ties with anybody. So you start making up your own version of God. It's called making an image out of God. It's not who he is. I'm trying. They said, we want no shame. We want no recourse. We want no repercussions. When you don't have law, you have anarchy. And it's so easy as you turn 17, 18, 19, go off to college. The spirit will come and it will say, I don't want any authority. I don't want anybody to make me feel ashamed or bad about the life that I'm wanting to live. I'll have my own friends. I can't wait till I have my own life. No rules. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. But you're going to find out when you get out on your own that the light bill's going to come and they're going to tell you what to do. <laughs> and then the third thing, you're going to grow up sooner or later. 
and you're going to have bills and you're going to have to get up and work and you're going to have to get out and go and you're going to have to get up and say, I'm going to take control of my life. If you don't, you will have nothing. The third thing and the final thing was they were cut off. Notice that last part of that verse. They had no ties with anyone. This is what Satan does. It gets you to pattern your life after Hollywood or whatever. Then you start rebuking and saying, I don't want that authority. I don't want that gospel. I don't want that conviction. I don't want to feel ashamed. I don't want to blush about my lifestyle. I don't want any checks in my spirit about how I just spoke to my mother, my father, and cussed them out. I don't need any of that. I don't want that. I don't want authority over my life. Then the last thing is they had no ties with anyone. They just begin to cut off from their life godly influences and voices, one after another, after another, after another. They lived in their own environment, chose to pull away and withdraw. The protection of the house of God was lifted. Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9, I have five minutes and 43 seconds, and I'm going to use all five of them in 40 seconds. Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9 says that two are better than one, for they have a good reward for their labor. If one falls, the other lifts up. But woe to the one who falls by himself, for he has not another to lift him up. You need the help of godly influences. So if you fall, the sin is not falling. The sin is if you fall and you don't have people around you that can pick you up and encourage you and speak truth to you. You just have other people who are as wicked and wrong as you are and you keep falling and you go from an addiction to a deeper addiction and from a bondage and a shame and a pain to a deeper shame and abuse and pain. And all because the world you're in is nothing but darkness, nothing but darkness. And what I want you to see is when you begin to eliminate the ties you begin to lift the protection. I want to give you three quick things and I'll close with this and they can come to the music whenever the time is right in four minutes. <laughs> Geese fly in a pointed formation, a V formation. And they've studied it for many years, but it was only in the 1970s that aerodynamics of the flock were really understood and studied in a thorough study. And this is what they found. Birds that fly in a flock together in that V formation, this is astounding. They can fly 70% further than they could fly by themselves. That when you identify and you get connected to the flock in geese world, you can fly 70% further with the group that you're flying with than you could ever do by yourself. You can go further when you don't do it alone. You got to quit trying to be the Lone Ranger. You got to quit trying to do your own thing. 
You ought to come on and fly with the flock. We're going somewhere. We're going to go all the way to heaven. We're going to go all the way to the new Jerusalem, and you ought to fly with us. You don't need to cut all ties off, and I'm on, me and Jesus got our own thing going. Yeah, you go, you're going all right, and there's a hawk watching you about to rip your head off. You think the devil's playing with you. You think the devil's okay just to, just to hurt you a little bit. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy your life. And he wants you to cut those ties with all the people who know how to pray. All the people who know how to plead the blood. All the people who know how to pick you up when you fall. He wants you to cut the ties. But you'll go further if you'll fly with the flock. You know, there's always one person that starts to clap and then everybody claps. It's easier after one person. Thank you. There went one. See, all of y'all were thinking it, but one said. I always hear people say, anybody can serve the Lord when you're, in, when you're around Christians. And I want to say, and? Hey, maybe you ought to get that revelation. It's a whole lot easier to do it with some good Christian friends and some good Christian influences than trying to do it by yourself. Anybody can praise the Lord when everybody's praising the Lord. Exactly. Let's praise the Lord together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's shout together. Hallelujah. See, it's easier. And when you're trying to make it to heaven and you're on a journey, the way you get victory, like those geese flying a V, the way you get victory is you fly with the flock. Get around people that have raised some children and they'll tell you, you know, this ain't nothing, honey. You're going to get through it. Just, just bleed the blood of Jesus and anoint their bedroom with oil. And if you have to, take the door off the hinges and, and, and make sure you got all the codes to everything and, and then follow them and put something secret on their car so you'll know where they are, where they're supposed to be. Dude, I've got all the secrets. I know what to do. You're not the only one fighting for your child. You're not the only one fighting for your marriage. You're not the only one going through hell. But when you get together with the flock and you say, well, you know, if you made it, I can make it. The next thing they said happens is when you're flying in flock formation. You know what happens? They said when one, when that first one out there, when he feels what they call an uplift, a head lift, when an uplift that goes up, a headwind that takes them up. That, that all the other little geese do is they just say, oh, well, there he goes. That means we're all going up. When one goes up, they all go higher. And, and they said the amazing thing was this. Said, it said that when you fly with the flock, this, this is pretty amazing. When you fly with the flock, you don't have to flap your wings as much and waste your energy. But there is a draft 
There is an uplift that comes through services like this, that just when you're about to give up and suddenly maybe it's the pastor this morning or maybe it's somebody else. But if any one of us flying together takes a little upward, feels a little uplift, feels a little strength and wind of the Holy Spirit under our wings, suddenly the whole congregation, if they will go in that direction, they all get lifted. But lastly, he said, the amazing thing is when you, that the flocking of these geese together provides protection from predators. That's the real reason. It provides tremendous protection from falcons and hawks. Even birds that don't fly in that formation, they will fly together and they will ball up in almost like a tornado-looking group of birds. And what they are doing is they know, number one, it helps them give navigation to where the food is, but it also means that there is a predator somewhere around, and they will literally, if the predator follows, they did one study, and they said that there was one attack that came five times on the smaller birds, and but they would ball up together, the birds would ball up together, and eventually the, the hawk or the uh, falcon would veer off and go home dinnerless because there was no way that they could get to the weak ones and the little ones. When all those birds came together, it was so intimidating that it provided protection for the families of those birds. Thank God for the protection of the church. Thank God for the protection of brothers and sisters in my name gathering. I am there in the midst. It's not easy for the enemy to pick you off if you don't do this thing alone. Safest place for your children is in church. You need to learn how to pray for other people. I felt the need about, I guess it was months and months and months, almost a year ago, and I I called people like Sister Tenny, Old Sister Tenny or young Sister Tenny. She is a saint of God. And I called some people that I knew in this church and have known only Millwood, my mom, Pat, my mother-in-law. Had Susan Page was one of them. Used to be my secretary, but she's a prayer warrior. Me and Sharice talked and I said, Sharice, we... I feel like we need to get about seven godly women to pray a prayer circle around us and our family and the ministry. And those women got to praying. And I'm telling you, we are seeing, it's, it's, the, it's the very thing of those birds saying, no, no, no. You think you're going to attack them? You think you're going to destroy them? There is that coming together. And maybe you ought to find you some senior citizens. Say, I need to know I'm prayed for every day in this little season till I see every battle turn. We had major battles going on this year. And when those 
women started praying one after another, almost immediately. You hear me? Almost immediately, we started seeing change, change. And when it comes, it comes suddenly, comes suddenly. Things were just dropped. They were just, it just went away. It just went away. No explanation. It just went away. It was God. And what I'm preaching to you today and what I'm preaching to young people today is don't let the enemy keep you too far from your parents. There's a spirit that says cut the ties, but really you don't want to cut the ties if your mom and dad are godly people. You've got a granddad, a grandmother, an aunt, an uncle, anyone in your life that will tell you the truth and love you unconditionally and stand with you. And if you fall, they'll pick you up and they won't quit. If you fall again, they'll pick you up again and again and again. That's not your enemy. Lift your hands up. I feel the presence of God in this room right now. The Lord would say to some young people listening to me at every campus and online and on television and wherever you're watching this, you're too far from your parents. You're too far from godly influences. You're living way out there and you need to come home. Come back to the pattern your life after Jesus. Pattern your life after good people. Godly people. Isn't that the truth? It's so simple, isn't it? Say, Lord, I want an umbrella of authority. I want somebody that pricks my heart with conviction. I don't want to do this and never be ashamed of doing it. I want the, the conscience to be awakened, and I want to be under authority. I don't want to, I don't want to cut all ties from God's house. Stand to your feet. No one moving, please. I'm asking you that just for a moment at every campus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this room, if you're there at any of our campuses and you would say, Pastor Jensen, I'm so far away from the Lord. There's a lot of distance. I'm cutting a lot of ties. I'm going deeper and deeper. I know I'm not where I need to be. I'm getting too distant from that altar. I used to pray. I used to worship. I used to care. I used to hear. I used to feel something, but I'm just drifting. And the distance between me and God and me and the altar, and me, and, me and what I know is right, me and good people, me and my parents maybe, me and, me and my family. It's just getting further and further and further. Today, I want to fly with the flock again. Today, I want the Holy Spirit to bring me the body of Christ around me to help me through. If you're struggling with an addiction, oh, I got some big news coming for you concerning this ministry. But you're not going to fly alone ever again in Jesus' name. Because people care and people know and people love you. And, and, they, and, and they, you don't have to hide in shame anymore. You don't have to hide in shame anymore. Who am I talking to? 
You don't have to hide in shame anymore. People are just waiting to run and put their arms around you. If you've had an abortion and you're kind of bitter against God and the church and even that bus and stuff, it upsets you. And I feel, you know, I, we, we want to be sensitive. We're not just, we're for the mothers and the babies. They're both life. And if you've done that, we, don't, we want you to feel the birds come all around, the eagles come all around you and protect you from condemnation and shame and guilt the rest of your life. That's not God's will. That's not God's voice. Today is a day of freedom. Today is a day to shorten the distance, to come back to him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you'd say, Pastor, you're preaching to me and I need that shortening of the distance today. I want to get my life back in line with God and through his son, Jesus Christ, pray for me. If that's you, boldly raise your hand right where you're standing, right where you're sitting, right where you are. Wherever you're watching this, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Their hands all over the room, all the way across this big room. Every one of you at every campus that raised your hand, I'm going to challenge you. I won't make you do it. I won't embarrass you if you don't do it. But if you mean it, you're going to shorten the distance. Step out of the seat and come stand right down here in this altar because this is where the miracles happen. This is where God said, bring the burdens, bring the pain, bring the addiction, bring the shame, bring the condemnation, bring the fear, bring the worry, bring the depression, bring the mental illness, bring the broken heart, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it to Jesus. Shorten the distance. The enemy thought you would cut all ties. The enemy thought you would be bitter. The enemy thought you would die in alcoholism or drug addiction or whatever. He, he, he thought you would give up, but no, you're going to shorten the distance this morning. Clap your hands, church, and rejoice over what God is doing. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Send them that way and that way. Come on, they're coming, they're coming. At every campus, the pastors are coming. But can I get you right now just to lift your hands and stretch your hands this way? I want you to sur surround these people with your love. And I want all our teams and pastors and pastors' wives to, to walk up maybe from your seats and lay your hand on someone's back, on someone. I want you to, I want them to feel the birds kind of gathering all around them, saying to the demonic hawks and falcons, you can't rip that one to pieces. Greater is he that is in us, and if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Pray this prayer out loud and say these words, everybody. Lord Jesus, I love you, and I receive you and your word today. I patterned my life after other things, but today I fix my focus on you alone, Jesus. I want to serve you. I want to do your will. I really want your will to be done in my life. And I give you this moment completely. I give myself to you. I surrender to you. I give myself away. In Jesus' name. Now say this, I want authority. So Lord, I receive the authority 
of, of, of godly people, of your word, of the Holy Spirit. And God, I don't want the ties broken. I receive today that touch that brings me back to you. Just receive it now. Worship him and begin to glorify him. Begin to magnify him. Everybody in this room, take a moment. Lift your hands and let's worship. Lift your hands and praise him all over this room. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin. And thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.